everybody, welcome to episode 86 of the Ubuntu Security Podcast. I'm Alex Murray. So this week we've got a bit of a shorter episode for you. Uh, Joe McManus is on leave, so it's just me this time sitting down in the podcast chair. But we're going to do our usual roundup of security updates for the week, looking at some updates for OpenJDK 8, uh, Samba and NSS amongst other things. And then I'm going to have a bit of a chat about uh, some recent things I've seen in the news about uh, Linux security in particular. Uh, Google uh, introducing an experiment soon uh, to try to, I guess, reduce the impact of phishing attacks. So we'll have a chat about that. Plus, um, 1Password have finally released a native Linux client. So, yeah, going to have a bit of a chat about that one as well. But as I said, first, let's get into the usual roundup of security updates for the week. Uh, So it's been a bit quieter this week. There were 13 unique CVEs addressed by the team. Up first, we had an update for OpenJDK 8. This was for Ubuntu releases 16.04, 18.04, and 20.04 long-term support. Uh, This was the usual mix of things that we see in Java updates. Uh, There was a bunch of issues that could cause uh, possible sandbox escape, uh, denial of service. Uh, There was a few different information disclosure vulnerabilities as well that were all fixed there. Uh, So yeah, that is updated now for OpenJDK 8. We also had an update for PPPD or PPP daemon in Ubuntu uh, 12.04 and 14.04 extended security maintenance. So I actually talked about this vulnerability last week uh, in episode 85. Uh, In this case, it was an Ubuntu specific one uh, that yeah, we've backported as well now for extended security maintenance releases. We also had an update for Samba, one CVE that was fixed for uh, all of our supported releases going right back to our extended security maintenance one. So that is 12.04 and 14.04 extended security maintenance, as well as 16.04, 18.04 and 20.04 long-term support. So in this case, it was an issue uh, related to uh, Samba when acting as an Active Directory domain controller with uh, NetBIOS over TCP enabled. So that's NBT. NBT. Uh, and so in this case, uh, if you could send Samba a zero-length UDP packet uh, to the right port, uh, Samba would enter into an infinite loop, basically, uh, trying to kind of reprocess that repeatedly. Um, and so, yeah, that would give you a CPU-based denial of service against the Samba server. So, yeah, that was fixed uh, just to make, basically check that the length, if the length was zero, not to end up in that state. Uh, We then had an update for NSS. So this is the crypto library that is shipped in particular by Firefox, uh, but also used in other components. Now, three different CVEs were fixed for this. Uh, And again, this was for uh, all of our releases going all the way back to 1204 extended security maintenance. Uh, So as I said, three different CVEs here, and these were all various uh, side channel attacks against the different crypto implementations there. So uh, most of these were around elliptic curve crypto, but yeah, so basically where an attacker could infer the private key uh, through, you know, different kind of timing measurements and that kind of stuff. So yeah, they were all fixed for NSS. And that's it for this week in security updates. So as I said at the start, I thought I'd go over a little bit of uh, relevant security news for the Linux community, in particular for the Ubuntu community. Uh, The first one of these was uh, an announcement from the Google Chrome developers that in the upcoming version uh, 86, they were going to change the way that URLs are displayed in the URL bar, in particular to try and combat uh, phishing attempts. So, you know, as you may be aware, often phishing attempts will uh, have a domain name that is trying to be similar to the one that, you know, they're trying to emulate. Uh, and so, you know, in the show notes, I've got an example of one, which is, you know, h.paypal.de-checking.net slash whatever. And the idea is that, you know, as a user, if you're looking at that, you'll see uh, PayPal in there and you'll think, ah, oh, okay, this is PayPal, you know, when you're looking at it and you'll, you'll obviously try to emulate the look of PayPal and everything. So you are fooled into thinking you are visiting PayPal. 
And the idea then is that Chrome would only show from that, say, the h.paypal.de-checking.net, not the rest of the URL. The idea being, I guess, that you know, by trying to display less uh, of the URL there, you're you know, more likely to see the bits that will highlight to you that this is a false uh, URL and not you know, the real PayPal that you're trying to visit. I find this interesting uh, because I don't really know that it will work because at the end of the day, a user, if they've already seen, say, an email that they believe has come from PayPal, you know, they've already chosen to, say, click that link, they believe where they're going is PayPal, they're unlikely to look up at the URL bar to give themselves a hint that, hey, this isn't, isn't the right place to look. And I know that, you know, we try to educate users to say, hey, you know, don't click suspicious links or, you know, when you do click a link, then go and look in the URL bar. But at the end of the day, we are all human. You know, everyone will eventually fall for a phishing attempt. It doesn't matter how smart you are or how educated you are in phishing or how many phishing examples you have seen before. Eventually, you will, you know, fall for one. If, you know, the, when someone targets you and, you know, crafts it just right, you won't be able to tell the difference. And so I think that uh, still relying on users to somehow look in the URL bar and see that this thing you know, isn't what they think it is, is still unlikely to work. Uh, but, you know, look, uh, or props to the Google Chrome developers. And, you know, hopefully this also flows into Chromium as well, the open source part of Google Chrome. Uh, that, you know, this may, may be helpful. Uh, one thing, though, that I do think uh, can be helpful is the use of a password manager. And so generally, you know, when you use a password manager, it will store your passwords uh, and it will remember which website they were for. And so in the case of, say, PayPal, you know, you've been taken to a, you know, a fake PayPal phishing website and your password manager won't offer to fill in, say, your password there automatically because it knows this isn't the real uh, PayPal URL domain. Uh, you know, it's something else. And so I think that's perhaps a more obvious hint to users that, you know, when their password manager doesn't go and fill in, uh, say, their credentials or doesn't know that this is it, that, that that might be something that may hint them a bit more. And the other thing about a password manager, obviously, is it has other benefits too. You know, it can obviously store your passwords. It can generate unique passwords per site so you don't have to remember them. Uh, they can even do cool things like synchronize them across all your devices if they're you know, integrated in the cloud or maybe you, know, you can set that up yourself via your own Dropbox or something like that. Uh, and so, yeah, I would urge anyone uh, that is listening to this or, you know, has gives advice to other people, you know, use a password manager. Use it to be smarter than you. You know, you don't have to remember all these separate random unique passwords for every website. It can do that for you. And as I say, it can generate them as well. And so that leads us into our, our next news item, which is that 1Password have uh, this week launched uh, a beta version of their Linux client. And so this is one of the most requested things from 1Password uh, in their kind of user community forum. Uh, you know, a native Linux client, they have got um, extensions that work in, say, Chrome or Firefox under Linux. That's the 1Password X extension. And, you know, you can access all your credentials and things from that, but there has not been something that will run natively on your desktop. And what's great about this app is, unlike a lot of things we see nowadays, it's not a, an Electron-based app. It's actually a native app written for Linux in Rust, which is really cool, you know, being a memory-safe language. And it's, you know, uses GDK, so it themes in nicely with the standard Ubuntu desktop and that kind of thing. Uh, they do provide um, builds of this for uh, Ubuntu or Debian or uh, Red Hat, so you can you know, install devs of this. But uh, what I found really cool is that they've actually published it in the Snap Store as well. So it's just a Snap install away to get one password on your desktop. 
so yeah, uh, I've tried it out. I am a 1Password user. I think 1Password is kind of the best um, password manager out there myself. Uh, they don't pay me to say that. I just, I think it is. Um, I think, you know, they do their crypto obviously really well. Their product is really good. And yeah, having a native Linux client, even better as well. So yeah, uh, if you are a 1Password user or if you're not and you want to check out a password manager, I, you know, I reckon 1Password is the best one out there to go for. So yeah, snap install that and see how you go. All right, so that takes us to the end of this week's episode. If you want to get in contact with the team, you can reach us at security at ubuntu.com. We're also on the Ubuntu Harden channel on irc.freenode.net. There is the security section on discourse.ubuntu.com. And finally, we are on Twitter at Ubuntu underscore sec. Yeah, so thanks everyone for listening again for this week. Apologies, it was just me, but uh, yeah, hope you all enjoyed it nonetheless. Uh, Next week, we'll be back again for another episode, uh, likely with Joe. Uh, Have a great discussion about something, I'm sure. But until then, remember, keep calm because we've got your back and I'll speak to you soon. Bye.